Welcome back to the What's Your One More podcast. Today, I am so excited. I am joined by a best-selling author. I am joined by someone that I met years ago, and, and watching your success ramp up at the accelerated rate that it's done is amazing over the course of the last 18 years. And I'm here joined by what I would call one of the goats, Mr. John Gordon. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you, my friend. Great to be with you. And it's just great to see you and also just to see where you've come all these years. Like we've known each other for so long. I call you Q. You do. I love it. My you know? mom calls me Q. You yeah, call me Q. Like, I my love guy it. Q. So, yeah. So when you ask me to come, I'm like, of course. Well, man, thank you so much. This is uh, this is this is awesome. I mean, for our audience today, this is this is going to be a great show. I'm very excited. And you know, having you on the show kind of just brought back some memories to me. Um, I got a chance to meet you in late 05 and I saw you on the Today Show and I started reading one of your books. Like you, what you said on that show captivated me at that moment. So I started reading your book. And at the end of the book, one of the things I thought was really cool was that you put your information to reach out for contact. And I did. And I thought to myself, there's no way, but you just happened to be in Ponte Beach or Florida, Jacksonville. So I thought maybe, but I thought there was no way. And you reached out immediately and you changed my life at some of the meetings we had off site. And I, I t I've always wanted to say thank you. Man. Thank you for doing that. And um, you changed my outlook on life. You changed my outlook at the time in my career. And I really think that was a pivot point for me personally. Wow. And I just can't thank you enough for that. That means a lot. That means everything. We were so young and we were just up and coming. John, I was 25. Right. I was... 33, I yeah, think at the time. Young. We met at a Whole Foods and you introduced me to Honest Tea. I'll never forget that. We're sitting there. You're like, you ever had one of these Honest Teas? I'm like, never. You're like, you got to try it. So I get one of these Honest Teas, a black tea, Honest Black Tea. And so we're sitting outside and you talked to me about my career and you were just getting to meet Pete Carroll. You were doing some extensive work with him. And it was amazing how you just simplified all the issues I was having at work. And in this one meeting, I was like, wow, like unbelievable. So you did, you changed my life forever. I tell people that story that'll listen all the time that, you know, they're like, do you know John Gordon? I'm like, oh, I know, I know John and I know yeah. John and I'm excited for your success. I'm excited to talk about some of the things today that you've done over the last 18 years that are just, you know, true, true uplifting and brilliant stuff. I so, appreciate it. And you read the energy bus before it was even a book when it was in manuscript form. I'll never forget. Hey, will you read this? You read it and it's so cool that this book that was just on paper, you read, you know, now has been read by probably 3 million people around, around the world. That, 3 million but you people. were one of my friends who read it early on. That's how long we go back. That's what is really cool about this relationship. Yeah, I love the fact that you said that because that's so true. I told, uh, I think I told Damon that Damon West, I was like, John actually gave me a manuscript and he was like, shut up, get out of here. I'm like, no, no, like really. But when you gave me that, just to kind of speak to how powerful that was, I read it. I read it in one day. Like I read it through business. Like I took work off to read it and it didn't take one day to read. It took right. about an hour and a half, flew through it, called our owner of the company. I said, I'm going to scan something to you. It's confidential. Please don't share it, but read it. He called me within two hours and said, we got to have him in Indianapolis wow. at a corporate meeting. Two months later, you were there. It was Amazing. that powerful. I mean, that's kind of that domino effect. It was, it was so contagious what you wrote there, getting everyone on the bus on the same page. You know, companies are always trying to do that. Teams are always trying to do that. And I mean, you really became the energy bus man for a little bit. And then all of a sudden there's so many books that, right. you know, pick one, but you know, you've sold 5 million copies which is amazing. Right. Congratulations. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I was known as the energy bus guy. I think I still am. If you ask people like <laughs> John Gordon, they'll go energy bus. Yes. So energy bus. say that, which is great. You want to be known for one book. Our good friend Damon is known now for the coffee bean. Mm -hmm. And I told Damon, we wrote that book together. I don't want to be known as the coffee bean guy. That's you. So right. we're doing this book together, but that's going to be your brand. Um, energy bus, positive leadership. You have to know who you are. You have to know the message you're here to share. But yeah, for me, it was all starting with the energy bus. So funny, my wife read the book mm -hmm. and she goes, that's okay. <laughs> and then my brother read it. He's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all right. Like they didn't grasp what it would be. And so I didn't know it would become anything. I wrote this thing that I thought would be successful, rejected by over 30 publishers. I remember you telling me So the me manuscript that. you read and liked, 30 publishers said no. Finally, John Wally and Sons says yes. And I think it's a great lesson for people out there. You're going to get rejected. Mm -hmm. You're going to face adversity. You have to believe in it. Your vision, your purpose has to be greater than all the negativity and doubts along the way. And so for me, I just kept going, kept believing, kept hoping. Finally, John Wally and Sons agreed to publish the book. That was back in 2006, comes out in 2007. Mm-hmm. Q and Jack Del Rio, first people really to embrace <laughs> the book as Jack yeah. invites me to speak to the Jaguars. I speak to the team. Everyone reads the energy bus. Remember that year they beat the Steelers in that first round? Absolutely. Go David Garrard scrambled David to get Garrard, there. Yep. Go to play the Patriots. I mean, 
incredible season, but they credit the positive energy, the morale, mm-hmm. the culture based on that book. So after that, everything took off, but Q and Jack Del Rio. Oh, wow. Well, I'll tell you what, thank you. I, you know, it was an honor to get a chance to have that. And I remember when that took off and it's, I think it's fair to say today, you're considered the the collegiate and NFL expert when it comes to bringing teams to the same page and bringing pe- teams to success. Yep. I mean, you, you look at what you've done recently and who you've spoken with. I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to find someone you haven't spoken with, much right. less, you know, some people go, oh, they did this at Clemson. They did this at Alabama. They've gone to this Tennessee. I'm like, no, I, I can't find one he hasn't gone to. I appreciate you know? that. And, I, I love working with teams. I love working with sports teams. It's something I didn't expect. I didn't chase it. Mm-hmm. It came to me. That's amazing. I was recently with our friend, uh, you know, Ed Milet and I'm with Ed and we were talking about some of the teams I was working with. And then just recently I texted him. He's like, how do you know every single coach? <laughs> and what happens is they read my books. So they'll read my books and then they reach out after reading the book. So it starts with the book. So I'm not chasing it. Mm-hmm. I'm putting out value. I'm helping people get better. Mm-hmm. I speak the language they understand. They want to help their players get better. Sure. So these books can help their players get better. So they're always looking for the edge. They're looking for the technique. They're looking for the strategy. They're looking for principles. And I speak their language in a way that is simple, something they can implement and act on. It wasn't my plan. It's just who I am and how I think. Right. And then I put the information out there. Then they call. And then we wind up having great conversations. After that, hey, can you help me here? Can you come speak to my team? Sean McVay reached out when he got the job with the Rams. Mm -hmm. He's 30 years old. We met at the Fairmont Hotel. Again, no one knows Sean McVay at the time. At this time, yeah. So we're meeting, and he's this young 30-year-old guy asking me a lot of questions, and we're talking about leadership. We're talking about culture. We're talking about teamwork. We're talking about the values that he wants to implement with his team. So I help him create his core values. We, not me, was one of those core values. I love that. He created a pyramid like John Wooden and put we, not me in the middle of that pyramid. So now I see him implement these principles. I go and speak to the team that first year. Great team, great culture. Next year, go back, speak to the mm-hmm. team. I see how his leadership is, is impacting the team. I'm like, this guy's an incredible leader. He's a social genius, starting to have success. But I'm there all along. We're talking, we're connecting, we're, we're sharing. And so it starts with a book, then a meeting, five, six hours, trust. Then I'm coaching a coach mm-hmm. who's coaching his team. And then all of a sudden you see him win a Super Bowl. Yeah. And it's just great to see that these principles play out and they work if you implement them. But you got to have a great leader. I never take the credit because I know it's not me. I know it's always the uh, leader. It's, it's always the culture. got a little bit to do with it. It's always a team. But I also spoke to the Cleveland Browns. So we can't say that it's, <laughs> that, that it's me, right? But working with the Miami Heat, working with the Tampa Bay Lightning, you start to see the success that they have. It's never the talk. It's never the book. It's always mm-hmm. the leadership. The culture, it's the teamwork, it's how they implement it. Working with the Miami Heat, Tampa Bay Lightning, working with Dabo Sweeney, yeah, Clemson football for the past 12 years. You see, the leader makes all the difference. Do they provide clarity? Are they reinforcing these principles? Mm-hmm. And that leads to focus action from the team. You know, one of the things that I just took away from what you said there, and there's a lot to unpack, all of those, all of those teams, is it fair to say that the leaders have like a servant leadership, servant leadership yeah. mentality? Is, there, is that fair to say? I love that you said that. Eric Spolstra called me up, John, mm-hmm. come work with my coaches and I. Help us get better. Ah, love Help that. us be a stronger coaching team, a leadership team, so we can better serve our players. That's awesome. He knew that if they were more connected mm-hmm. and more committed to each other, they would better serve their players. A team that is not connected at the top will crumble at the bottom. Mm. So you must be connected at the top and committed at the top. And I think a lot of leaders and their teams don't, don't realize that. So leadership teams need to be strong together and they should do some leadership work and teamwork at the highest level. They think, oh, our team needs it. No, you need it, leader. Good point. You and your team needs it. The Cowboys spoke to the Cowboys via Zoom. I was teaching them high state of mind mm-hmm. versus low state of mind. And they said, John, how do we help our players have more clarity? I said, you have more clarity. Uh, if you're a coach that has clarity, you're going to help your player have more clarity. But you need to focus on your clarity first, and you need to be a strong team first. So a lot of my work is around developing strong leaders and teams mm-hmm. and then helping them 
to better lead their teams, but also then speaking to the teams and then reinforcing the principles that those leaders want to share. Because you need an outside voice a lot of times. Yeah, and you know, I would love to take a minute to talk about that high state of mind, low state of mind. I mean, I love this. This is this is where it's at here in the conversation. You know, I, yeah. I was listening to you talk about this, and I hit pause, and I was asked my wife, Erin, I was like, listen to this for a second. And I love what you say about this. And, um, and, and you said a line which was, you don't have to love everything about your spouse, but you got to love the things you love about your spouse. I thought that was wonderful. I mean, and, and, and then you said it about your job. Then you said yeah. it about the sales force. Can you take a minute to, to explain to the audience yeah. the, high, the high and the lows here? Well, you have to understand that fear is what separates you. Fear divides mm-hmm. you, it weakens you, and it brings you to a lower state of mind where you have all these negative thoughts and worries. I believe And it. you focus on the negative. Mm-hmm. Love causes you to focus on, on oneness, on power, on unity, on strength, on joy, on peace, on purpose. And so when you are experiencing that that love, you experience a higher state of mind. When mm-hmm. you're experiencing a high state of mind, you also are able to radiate and emanate more love out into the world. And so talking about your wife, for example, and my wife, yeah. I'm not gonna love everything about my wife. There are things that I don't like. She doesn't love to keep a clean house. I'm a need freak. I like things clean. I don't like a lot of clutter. She'll keep her stuff all over the place, but then she'll go on like a, this like rampage where she actually cleans it up in a positive way. (laughs) Right. Like she gets all motivated and and just all of a sudden this like, uh, like who is this now cleaning up everything, (laughs) but she'll leave it there for for five or six days because it doesn't bother her. Mm -hmm. She's able to get work done in the mess. I like a clutter-free environment to get work done. I'm trying to write a book. I walk into the kitchen, there's all this stuff. So do I like that? No, we fight about it sometimes. But what do I love about her? I don't want to focus on that all the time. Correct. Because that's who she is. Right. So a lot of times, to not fight, I'll just deal with it. And I work on me. (laughs) Say, okay, this has no power over me right now. Don't even look at it. It's just your state of mind yourself. Right. So it's just clutter, but it has no impact on you. Some people will say it does, but it actually the outside environment doesn't really have an impact. You just need to be a higher state of mind. So, hey, how can I get better there? So what can I do? Mm-hmm. Well, I could focus more on loving her. I could focus love more it. on her positive attributes. She's spontaneous. She's not a need freak, but guess what? That's what I love about her because she's like having a dance party at midnight with the kids <laughs> on a weekend. Priceless moments. Dancing around to, to, to fun music. And right. these kids that we have will always remember their mom doing this and being that kind of spontaneous, loving, joyful, happy person. So They won't remember the stuff on the counter. No. They'll remember that moment no, forever. No, they'll remember that forever. So she creates experiences. And she's also someone who's always talking to the kids all the time. She's always there for me. She loves me. She supports me. She strengthens me. So there's so many great things. So Mm -hmm. am I going to focus on the bad or the good? I'm not going to love everything, but guess what? Focus on the things you do love. And guess what? The more you invest in that root and you nourish it, it produces great fruit. I love it. So nourish that root. Same thing in work. Mm -hmm. If you're in sales, are you going to love everything about sales? No. No. Do I love everything about being a speaker? I don't like flying. Commercial flying is a pain these days. I'm doing more private, thankfully, but I'm still flying a lot commercially and it's draining, right? So it really weakens me, drains me, it affects me. I can't stand the flying, but what do I love? Love making a difference. I love making an impact. I love going to a company and being able to do this work. So guess what? I've got to deal with that to do what I love. So don't focus on the planes, mm-hmm. focus on the impact you get to have, focus on the purpose, focus on the mission and make a difference every day. And I think that's the choice we have. Knowing you're not going to love your job. You're not going to love everything about it, right. but focus on what you can love about it. So if I'm hearing you correctly, if you're a salesperson, like your mind's got to be in the right place because if it's in the negative place of, of that low, you know, and you're not prepared for something great that's going to happen today, you're going to miss that opportunity. Right. You've got to elevate oh, your I love state. That word of mind. And so there's a way to do that. Like, how do we get to a high state of mind? Well, let me first back up. There's high state and low state. Mm -hmm. So often circumstances happen and we blame the circumstance. One day you're in traffic and it bothers you. The next day you're in the same traffic and it doesn't. Is it the traffic that is making you feel a certain way? No, because if it was the traffic, you would respond the same way every single time. One day you're in a sales meeting and guess what? Doesn't go so well, but you're in a high Mm -hmm. state. So you're like, Let's go next meeting. I got this. But if you're in a low state and you have a bad meeting, you mm-hmm. start going, man, what's wrong with me? 
What's Man, wrong with my company? What's wrong with my company? Am yeah. I not going to be successful? Like, what's going on? Did I make a mistake? You start to question everything. You start to feel insecure. You start to feel uh -huh. doubt. So what characterizes a low state of mind? A lot of, a lot of thought, a lot of clutter, a lot of fear, worry, anxiety, and mm. doubt would characterize a high state of mind. A lot of clarity, a lot of focus, a lot of positive energy, not a lot of thoughts. You're actually not thinking a lot. You're just doing, you're doing being, it. and you're just in that zone, making it happen. Something happens, you rise above, I got this. Low state, same thing happens, and it brings you down. Mm -hmm. So it's not really the circumstance, it's your state of mind in the circumstance. But so often it looks like it's a circumstance that's it's affecting you, but it's not. It goes back to the coffee bean. We create from the inside out, yeah. not the outside in. So the power is always on the inside. So knowing that, the key is how can I get to that higher state of mind? Tune, T-U-N-E. So T is about trust and truth. So okay. often doubt comes in, but let's trust and then let's speak truth on a daily basis. Words of encouragement to keep moving forward when the doubt comes in. And the truth okay. is you've been successful before and you can be successful again. The truth is you have everything you need inside of you to be great. The truth is you want to be great. Why? Because deep down there is greatness within you. Otherwise you wouldn't have this desire to be great. So true. We just have these voices that say you're not great. Mm -hmm. You're not going to make it. It's not going to happen. That's the battle of our mind that's going on every day. And that battle, those negative thoughts will sabotage you if you oh. let them. That's why trust and truth is essential. You unite with love. Love casts out fear. And so often we were talking about this earlier, how fear is often disguised as laziness. So actually you look lazy, but you're actually fearful. There's something that's holding you back from keeping keeping you from being who you're meant to be and mm. all that you're meant to be. So we have this wow. fear that often sets in and we have to focus on instead love because love casts out fear. Talking to a, a college basketball player the other day and he was full of fear because of his shooting, wasn't going well, wasn't playing great, got benched. So now he's thinking a lot, revved up thought, mm -hmm. more clutter, two circles, one with a thousand dots, one with three dots. All the thousand dots are a lot of thoughts. The three less thought, which will perform at a higher level, the, the less thought. The three dots. Right, that's yeah. the higher state of mind. But he's got all this clutter now and all this fear. So I reminded him, just get back to loving playing. Love the competition, love the moment, love the battle. That's all you gotta do. Don't worry about the outcome. Love that. Don't worry about what coach is thinking. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about what social media says. You just show up every day from the inside out and you love it. And if you love it, fear will have no power over you because love casts out fear. He went, I got it. That's all I got to do. It brings me back to Michael Jordan. What made him so great? It wasn't fear. Everyone thinks it's fear. Right. He feared losing, feared you know not playing well. No, he loved to beat you. He loved the competition. He did love that. He loved the battle. And so in the moment, he's not thinking about anything else but taking you on and crushing you <laughs> and literally destroying your soul. Right. But, but he's, he's a high state of mind. Sure. Cause he's one with the moment and he's loving something about it. Yeah. He's super clear. Of super his clear objective. of yeah. his objective and what he's here to do. So are you on a mission? Are you focused? Are you loving it? Are you purposeful? All of that elevates your state of mind. So that's, that's the you unite mm. with love and you got to neutralize the negativity. I love that. This is key because the negativity is going to come in and negative thoughts are lies that will tell you things about yourself and your future that just aren't true. So don't believe the lies. Speak truth to the lies. Neutralize the negativity. My wife, even recently, she's been having some negative thoughts coming a lot. And mm -hmm. I've been noticing, I'm like, you're talking negative a lot. Like, what's going on? She's like, I know, I am. So I said, you know, start, start tuning into the positive. Neutralize the negativity. So now the negative thought comes in. She goes, stop. She'll literally just uh. say, Stop. And then start speaking yep. words of encouragement, Affirmations. words of life. The word encourage means to put courage into. Ah. So when you encourage someone, you put encourage into them. When you encourage yourself, you put encourage into yourself. So you got to make sure that you are encouraging yourself on a daily basis. Best advice I ever heard is from Dr. James Gills. He's the only person on the planet to complete six double Ironman triathlons. Wow. Double Ironman, which means you do an Ironman, a day later do another one. And the last time he did it, he was 59 years old. And he was asked how he did it. He said this, I've learned to talk to myself instead of listen to myself. If I listen, I hear all the fear, yeah. the negativity, the doubt, all the reasons why I can't finish this race. But if I talk to myself, 
I could feed myself with the words and the encouragement that I need to keep on moving forward. And so he would speak words of encouragement, words of life. He would memorize and recite scripture. That's what mm. fueled him. Yeah. That's what encouraged him. So he did that. Whatever words encourage you, pick those words, neutralize the negativity. Gandhi said, I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet <laughs> and neither should you. So don't let other people don't let their negativity affect you. Be more positive than the negativity that you face. And also internally, when those negative thoughts come in, don't allow those negative thoughts to bring you down, neutralize them. And then the last one is E, elevate your thinking. There it is. Elevate your thinking. That's positivity. Mm -hmm. That's gratitude. That's appreciation. When you appreciate, yes. you elevate. The research shows you can't be stressed and thankful at the same time. And so I'm convinced the more you feed yourself with optimism, with belief, with positivity, the more resilient you become, the stronger you become, the more you're able to take on the challenges that you face. And all the research actually is showing Supports this to be the case. This is not Pollyanna positive. <laughs> it's not fake it till you make it. No, it's, it's, it's finding a way forward. Mm -hmm. It's knowing that you have the power to overcome your circumstances and your challenges. It's a perspective and a mindset that says, this really stinks but I know that I can overcome it. I know with trust and faith and belief, I can overcome it. So you can acknowledge the challenge in the situation and be very real about it, but you've got to believe somehow, some way, you're going to find a way forward. What's the alternative? Giving up, right? retreating backwards, right? Just being so negative and pessimistic that you're not going to create your reality. So I always say being positive is not going to guarantee you'll succeed, but being negative will guarantee that you won't. Ah, I mean, I tell you what, that was like, so many gems right there. You just dropped on this podcast and, you know, you probably got to listen to this a couple of times just to get all of that in. But, you know, I, I loved all of that. And the, the thing I took away from what you said there in the word tune, it's all built on the foundation of trust mm. and truth. And, you know, if you can't have trust in a relationship, whether it's at home, whether it's at work, then you're never going to grow. I mean, you can't get to the rest of the word yeah. tune. You know, you can't get to that elevated state if you can't have trust and truth with yourself, with your significant other, and with your work. You don't have that, you know, and that they always say the truth will set you free, yeah. right? Oh, I say that all the time, and you just nailed it. I mean, trust is everything. How do you build a great relationship? Trust. You trust. I'll never forget. I lied to my mom when I was a teenager, <laughs> and she caught me in the lie. And she said, don't ever lie to me again. She goes... If you lie to me, I can't trust you. Oh, man. And if I can't trust you, we can't have a great relationship. That's the truth. I said the same thing to my kids when they lied to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> they that did. Good. They did. It's that good. Right. Because yeah, like, trust is the foundation upon which winning relationships are built. So mm -hmm. we got to build the trust. And it takes time to build the trust. You can spend years building trust, but it could be destroyed in a moment. Yeah. Like, think of it like a tree, right? It takes mm -hmm. years for that tree to grow, but it can be chopped down in a moment in a lack of integrity, a lack of trust. So you want to have great relationships? Be someone who is trustworthy and also someone who trusts others. But when you've been betrayed, mm -hmm. when you have trauma of your past, when you have things that happen to you where you really, people you did trusted let you down, a lot of times this happens in relationships. Yep. You love someone, they betray your trust. It becomes hard to trust. And I tell people, don't let man's faults keep you from the trust that you're meant to have to create the life that you're meant to live. I love that. So don't let them affect you. You got to trust in the creator of the universe, I believe. Mm -hmm. And you have that ultimate trust. God did not let you down. People let you down. 100%. So often we, we blame God. Sure. And yet it's the people that let you down. And so don't let those people keep you from a relationship that will fuel you, that will energize you, that will help you be all that you're meant to be. So I, I really think people need to understand of where does my trust lie. But, but you're going to get betrayed. Mm -hmm. You're going to get hurt. I'm not saying don't be smart. Be right. smart. Be discerning. But, but go into relationships with the, with the open-mindedness. Okay, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt, and I'm going to trust you until you prove otherwise. Now, if you're someone that I'm not sure if I can trust you, <laughs> then, then be wary and be discerning. Right. right? Be around people that you want to trust. But, but if now we're working together and we establish this trust mm -hmm. through actions where your words and your actions are now in alignment, that's integrity. Yes. Integrity same word as integer, right? Same root, integer, which means whole and complete. Mm -hmm. So integrity, you are whole and you are complete. There's no gap in your character. There's no gap in between what you say and what you do. Mm -hmm. There's wholeness and completeness with that. So there's power. So when there's integrity and alignment, that's when you start to have the power of trust 
impact the relationship. So connection is how we build trust. Communication is how we build trust. And then when we commit to people and they see that commitment, that reinforces the trust. Okay, they said they were gonna do it. Mm-hmm. They're committed to me. I now can trust them. Because yeah. the one question we're all asking in sales, business, relationships, you name it, do you care about me? And can I trust you? Absolutely. Yo, thank you so much for choosing us today. We're definitely not done with our podcast, but we are going to take a really short sponsor break and then we'll get right back to the show. I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. And the team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family. And I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender, and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com. www.boemortgage.com. Because it's more than loans, it's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right, now back to the podcast. At the crowning of Mary, they did when my daughter went through this. They're young. They're, I think, second, third grade at this point. I'll never forget... Uh, the father says this to the to the kids in the mass, and he says, the priest says, you know, at this young age, I want to share something with you guys because I think that it's going to help you throughout life. He said, you know, right now you have these thoughts, and I want you to think about thoughts. Sometimes it might be negative towards school. It might be negative towards your brother, right, your sister, right. or your parents. He goes, but these thoughts, once they start manifesting, they start to just accidentally slip out your mouth. And he goes, because you thought about it for so long, mm-hmm. it just slips out of your mouth. And then once you start saying things, you start acting on the things that you're saying. Wow, that's good. And he said, and when your actions start doing what you're thinking and what you're saying, it defines your character, who so, you are. Wow. And I'm, I'm sitting in there just blown away. Then I'm thinking, these are second to third graders. That's real heavy. <laughs> but boy, it's a great message. And I, I just, it immediately came to me when you were saying that, you know, because what goes through our head, you know, it becomes who we are. Yep. And the thoughts that come in, you have to understand, they're not coming from you. Uh, they're not initially. Right. How do I know this? Who would ever choose to have a negative thought? Right. We always say, do your negative thoughts come from you? And people say, yeah, they're in my head. <laughs> but who would ever choose to have a negative thought? This blows their mind. They're like, wait a second. I do this with professional athletes all the time, college athletes. Ask them this question. They start shaking their head like, I wouldn't choose those negative thoughts. Exactly. Right. So what happens is the thought comes in so quick. It comes in from consciousness comes in from a spiritual place. No one has ever found a thought inside of a brain. I've asked neuroscientists. So what happens is the thought comes in. You believe the thought because you think it's from you. Mm-hmm. Then you reinforce it. Uh. Then you speak it out loud. Now it becomes a part of you. It becomes part of your pattern. It starts to become part of your soul and your mind. Your mind and soul are, are one and the same. It's like the spiritual energy field part of you. Mm-hmm. And then you have this brain, which is the hardware. It's where activation happens. And so what happens so often now is this software now is being programmed, though in a negative way, that starts to actually program the brain and starts to have these thoughts come forth towards the brain and in the brain. And what happens is it actually, we're going to find, I guarantee 20 years from now, I'm asking scientists to do research on this, find a way to do it. It will affect the energetic structure of your brain, the thoughts you're thinking. Wow. Negative thoughts or positive thoughts. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes complete sense. And so once you understand what I think becomes who I am and the reality of that, you realize, wow, these negative thoughts are trying to bring me down. Mm -hmm. Keep me from my destiny. Yep. Keep me from who I'm meant to be. Keep me from being my best self. Keep me from taking action. What do they do? They make me want to give up. They discourage me. They create doubt. They create distractions. They create division. The Greek root word of anxious also means divided. Uh, when I'm anxious, I feel okay. divided. I feel separate. Don't you feel that way when you're anxious? Oh, all the time. I don't feel connected. I don't feel one. I don't right. feel powerful. This is all in my new book, The Power of, well, actually, The, the One Truth, right? Okay. Yeah, the, the, you know, should call it The Power of One Truth, but just <laughs> that was our initial title, but now we're going with The, the one, one Truth. truth. Yep, yeah, just The One Truth. I have the power of positive leadership, power of a positive team, but this is going to be The One Truth, and this explains oneness and separateness. So these negative thoughts are always trying to separate you, divide you, and weaken you. Yeah. And what do positive thoughts do? 
unite, unite you, connect you, give you clarity and strength. So think about love. Love creates connection. Connection creates clarity. So remember, the more connected I am, I'm in the zone now. Mm -hmm. That feeling of oneness when you're in the zone, like you feel like you're free, you can't make a mistake, you feel like time stops, there's a feeling of oneness in that moment. From that oneness, I now have this clarity that's incredible. And when I have clarity, now comes the confidence. Right. So now, okay, I see things clearly, I have confidence, I can't lose right now. Right. That's how I feel. I'm, I'm shooting basketball. You know, shots. I'm making every shot. Sure, the rim's as big as it can oh, be. Oh yeah, softball or baseball. Well, we're playing baseball, it looks like a softball. <laughs> clarity, right? right? Let's go. I'm gonna smash that ball, right? So there's this feeling of clarity and confidence and then comes courage. So actually love is what creates the courage, but that love. becomes a part of who you are. Your thoughts create apparel. Mm -hmm. Think about all the ideas that we have and all these slogans and words, it becomes apparel. So now you start wearing those thoughts you do. on your shirts, on your hats. Well, you start wearing the thoughts on your life uh, and the energy you're expressing. It becomes apparel in an even more manifested way, in your reality, your thoughts become your reality. So not just your apparel, but the life you live and the energy you're sharing, those thoughts become your reality. That's powerful. That is powerful. And I love it because, you know, what, another thing I heard there was that when you're, when you're one, you're, you're positive, your mindset's in the right place. People are attracted to that versus when you're, you're not one, right? You're separated, you're lonely and you're lonely because people aren't attracted to that. You walked in this building today and it was like, Poof. wow, people wanted to talk to you. They wanted to meet you. And I mean, you have this, this powerness about energy that just people want to be attracted to. And I think that's how people that are positive are. And you notice that you gravitate towards them. And I think that's another reason why people are separated when they're fearful and when they let negativity seep in. Well, it starts with the thought first. So when you are loving, when you are kind, what happens is you are feeling one and connected. Mm -hmm. And because of that oneness, you're now emanating that oneness and people are attracted to that because yes. they want to be connected to that. So they move towards you. When you are feeling separate, you're feeling disconnected, you're feeling isolated, the very thing you need is to be connected and yet you're actually pushing people away. Look at all mental health issues. Mm -hmm. They all move from oneness to separateness. Mm. You can literally move, you know, look at every single person who's struggling with depression, bipolar, you name it, they all feel separate. Yeah. They feel isolated. They feel disconnected. Why? Because they feel separate from others. It's not that... They are separate. They're pushing people away because they feel separate. So they're manifesting in their life what they already feel because they feel separate at the core of their being. Mm -hmm. We've got to bring those people back into the fold. Going back to ego. Ego stands for edging God out. I love that. When you have a big ego, what do you do? You separate yourself from others. You disconnect from others because you're so focused on you, Yourself, yeah. not them. When you love others, you're focusing on giving and sharing and connecting with others. But when you're focused on yourself, that ego keeps you from being your best. Pavarotti said, everybody wants the audience to love them, but I love the audience. Uh, so here he is loving the audience with his performance. And what happens? They love him back. That's so sincere. The person with a big ego is focused on themselves. So they're not getting a lot of love back because they're not giving that love. So what happens is with the ego is you feel separate. So you feel powerless. Mm -hmm. So now you need a sense of power. So that gives rise to the ego because it needs to feel some sort of control and power. And as a result of that, now you want control, you want power, but it's false power. It's uh. limited power because it's connected to self, not something greater. Oneness is connected to something greater, a powerful force, the most powerful force in the universe, the creator of the universe and others. And you feel connected to everybody and everything with the ego. You now feel separate and you don't feel connected. And so you're focusing on this limited power and that's why it doesn't last. Yeah. That's why it's actually weak. And over time, people with big egos, what happens? They get fired eventually. Yep. They find they're, they're they found out. out, they burn out and they don't have success in the long term. Yeah. Super Those lonely. Who, super lonely, disconnected. Mm -hmm. So we have these negative thoughts that are always disconnecting us, causing us to fear and be separate. And then these other thoughts that unite us and bring us back to oneness. And one will lead to a, a powerful life, a life where you're creating this amazing success where people are drawn to you, where you attract mm -hmm. business and relationships. And everyone could do this. This is not, this is not just for those who have some magical gift. I don't right. have some magical gift. I made a choice years ago, as you know, because I was so negative, so miserable. My wife almost left me. I was that guy who was choosing the negative and allowing the negativity to sabotage me. Yeah. I think that's real important. If I didn't win the battle of my mind and understand this and 
do the work to become more positive, where every day I'm practicing gratitude. Every day I'm saying prayers. Every day I'm feeding my, with, my mm-hmm. mind with positivity. Every day I'm tuning into that positive frequency on a daily basis. If I don't do that, I'm not the person I am now. Yeah. So years of doing that over time of trusting and believing and being optimistic and changing my mindset and rewiring myself from negative to positive changed the course of my life. And now people look at me and go, oh, you're just someone who attracts all right. these people to you. <laughs> no, I made that choice on a daily basis to be that person, right. to do this work, to make this impact, to be someone who's going to focus on others, not myself. Because I realized the reason why I was so miserable and negative was because I was focusing on myself. Mm. That's why I was so miserable. I had a big ego. I was so fearful of failure. I was so focused on not being and living up to this potential that I thought that I had. Mm -hmm. And I actually was putting too much pressure, expectations on myself, and I was crumbling. And this is what so many people do, especially young people. Expectations, they have pressure, they have these goals they wanna achieve, they wanna be CEO right now. They see on social media, all these people having success, multi-million dollar companies, they think, why aren't I doing that? What's wrong with me? And so they start to feel down and they allow those negative thoughts to then bring them down this downward spiral and they never become ultimately this person that they can truly be because now they're focusing on the negative. Right. So your job every day, if you're listening to this, focus on the positive, tune into the positive, believe, be optimistic, be hopeful, return back to oneness if you're feeling separate. Right, focus on love immediately. The minute I feel fear, I'm gonna focus on love. Mm-hmm. The minute I'm focused on negativity with my spouse, focus on so what you love. love about them. On a daily basis, you do this. And over time, those thoughts create your reality. It creates who you are, the relationships you have, and ultimately the impact that mm-hmm. you have. I am proof. I literally, if I would allow myself to keep on going down that, that negative path, that negative road, my life would be completely different right now. Yeah. So it was choices that created my life. So what I'm hearing right there is it just takes effort. Yeah. It takes effort. And thought. And thought. Effort and thought. Yep. You know, um, I said something to our team in our vision speech is effort is the currency to your success. Yeah. Effort will be the currency to your success. Anything you do in life, you know, relationships, sales, you know, being positive and then having that thought process. Then, you know, you wrote a formula in a book that I write on, I write daily down yep. as part of my affirmations, E plus P equals O. Yep. And uh, you want to take a minute to share that with our audience for yep. those that don't know what that is? You can't control the events in your life, Mm-mm. but you can control your positivity, your positive response, your perspective, and that ultimately determines your outcome. So Love stuff's going to happen. Yes. Adversity is going to hit. How do we respond to the adversity that comes our way? And I've been faced with a lot of adversity in my life, a lot of rejection, yeah. a lot of challenges, a lot of obstacles along the way. But what do positive leaders do? They find a way forward. Mm-hmm. They don't go backwards. They look forwards. They don't get bitter. They get better. We attack new opportunities. Research shows that teams that feel like they're defending something don't do very well. But teams that feel like they're attacking a new opportunity do great. That's great. So you got to decide to attack new opportunities every single day. And again, going back to E plus B equals O, bad stuff is going to happen. Like we're all going to experience it. They did a study, 500 charmed people in Britain. And these were people that had it all success and wealth and you name it, great relationships. The researchers were surprised to find that every one of these people had tragedy and misfortune in their life, but they all had the same characteristic. Yep. Wow. They took the misfortune and they turned it into fortune. You turned an obstacle years ago into what you're doing now and to this amazing success that you're having. I turned losing my job during the dot-com crash, how I'm going to pay the bills, how I'm going to support my family to be a moment where I said, what am I born to do? Why am I here? And why am I so miserable? And that led me to now doing this work that I'm doing years later. So if I didn't have that challenge, that adversity, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Wow. That's, uh, uh, those, yeah, I think it's so important for the audience to hear because to your point, people see the now. Yeah. They don't know what it took <laughs> to get to the now. They don't know what you just described. You know, they just see this this positive gentleman, he's just killing, he's crushing it. They don't see what had to happen, the adversity that happened. They don't see what I was dealing with eight years ago, or excuse me, 2008 years ago to what it is now. They don't see that stuff. Right. And, you know, wh- wh- what gets me about this is that, to your point, people want the now. 
And you said something about social media, and I want to kind of touch on that just briefly here, is that there's this emptiness inside of people that it's, ne- it's never about social media. It was about the emptiness is yeah. what you were saying. We blame social media as why people are struggling right now, why uh, mental health is, is such an issue. And everyone's looking at social media as the cause, why teenagers are dealing with so much anxiety. It's not social media. That's the vehicle. Mm-hmm. The real issue is separateness. There's a gap between this connection, this oneness that you're meant to have, and the feeling of separateness. And in that gap, you're trying to fill the gap. So when you watch social media and you're on social media, you're trying to fill the gap with trying to feel good, but it actually doesn't make you feel good. It makes you actually feel worse because what's happening is now you're comparing. And when you compare, you despair. And so what happens is you are looking outside instead of inside going back to, to the coffee bean. I'm looking at someone else's success. I'm looking at their life. I'm looking at what they're doing, what they're creating. And now I feel like a failure. Now I feel like I'm not living up to the success of others. Mm -hmm. They don't have a better life than you. They just have a better editor than, than you. Right. You are meant to focus on you, your path. You're meant to focus on your purpose, who you're meant to be. You focus on being better every single day. That's the key. Yes. Get better every day. Don't look at where you're going all the time. Have a vision, but each day look at how you're getting better and what you're doing to be your best every day. And the more you do that, you're going to find happiness within you doing that and making progress. But if I'm always comparing myself every single day, that makes me feel more and more separate. Oh, yeah. And the more I feel separate and disconnected, because mm-hmm. I don't feel one with that person because I think they're better than me. Right. If I look at someone who's having success and I feel one with them, I'm actually celebrating their success. There it is. When I'm actually feeling separate from that person, I'm now jealous. I'm now envious. I feel more and more disconnected, more and more separate, which leads to more anxiety, more fear, more doubt, a lower state of mind. It all comes back to oneness, separateness, high state of mind, low state of mind. And everything can be explained with this. Read the one truth to understand Mm -hmm. everything in terms of examples and real life and relationships and you name it, I, I literally go through all these different examples, even prejudice you can mm-hmm. explain from oneness and separateness and also high state of mind and low state of mind. And what you will see is that the more you focus on returning back to oneness and your purpose and your love and optimism and belief and focusing on inside instead of outside and knowing instead of seeking, right? I'm not seeking a feeling. Because what you're doing right now with social media is you're seeking this feeling. Correct. To feel one. It's a drug. It is. People drink to seek and feel one. People do drugs because they're actually seeking oneness. People are even doing the mental health drugs now, mm-hmm. even ayahuasca and some of the psychedelics. Why? They're seeking the oneness. They're seeking the connection. And I'm sure there's a jury that will say, okay, some of that stuff is good at, at some level. Mental health is really looking at it. But for me, the greatest ayahuasca... <laughs> is to know that you are connected to the creator of the universe and mm-hmm. actually to take time to pray and to meditate. And I'm a big fan of meditation too. Get silent, find stillness, find prayer and connect on a daily basis. And you'll actually feel high when you do that. And I was just talking to Dr. Amen, had him on my podcast and he was giving me research that shows that actually when people are doing this on a daily basis, it's literally almost like they're doing cocaine in the pleasure centers of their brain. Yeah, the endorphins are going yes, off. They're it's, just it's on like, all receptors. It's wild. So you're yeah. actually, addicts are addicts because they are actually feel separate. And so what they're trying to seek is oneness. They're actually very spiritual people. They want to feel one and connected. So what happens is in their separation, they're filling the gap. But instead of filling it with the real thing, yeah, they fill it with a cheap substitute that actually gives temporary pleasure or relief, but doesn't lead to restoration. Ah. Oneness will always restore you, but all the other stuff will give you temporary relief, but then mm-hmm. eventually lead to your demise and destruction. So it feels good temporarily. That's why people do it, but they feel separate. And social media actually is the same thing. We're going for the dopamine, yep. the dopamine hit. We want to feel better, but actually maybe temporarily it might keep you from what you're thinking about but then it actually is a cheap substitute that makes you feel worse and worse and worse. So people say, get off social media. I think the answer is get off if you can't handle it. Okay. And it really does affect you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Limit it. Totally. Agreed. But the true test is, can I look at that and realize that that has no power over me? That I am more powerful than what anyone says, than any expectation, than any thought of someone else. If I'm a player, if I know the fans have no power over me, 
and I create from the inside mm -hmm. out, I'm going to play with power. Yeah. If I think the fans can affect me, I'm going to let them affect me. Ah, love that. Same thing with social media. If yeah. I truly believe that this can affect me, it will affect you. Sure. Pressure is believing the lie that anything outside you can impact how you feel. Man. So kids, pressure of doing well on tests, pressure of getting to a good college, pressure to have a great job. Yes. More now than ever, parents are talking about like, how's your kid doing? Oh, my kid's right. doing great. Well, what about your kid? <laughs> you know, it's like my, my daughter worked at a restaurant for a year and a half working as a hostess and I could have been more proud. Yes. You know, I didn't care that she had this right. great job. Other people like my daughter's she making drive. My daughter's making dollars a year. She's doing. I don't care. My daughter is doing what she's meant to do, and she'll find a way and find her path. Because I bartended right after college, and I found my way, and it was the Good best example. thing she ever did. She learned service. She learned customer service. But the point was, she was creating her life. Mm -hmm. She wasn't comparing herself to someone else. Oh, that's such a and good point. And society, we're doing that more and more, which is leading to more and more depression and destruction. But it's not the social media. It's the comparison. And it's the vehicle that's creating the comparison. See, in the past, you actually drove home and you saw your neighbor's new car. <laughs> and you got jealous because your neighbor had a new yeah. car or what they were doing with their house. Yeah. What are they doing? Or the new job they got. And yeah. you're jealous because your yeah. neighbor had that. So it's the same thing. It hasn't changed. What it is now is it's just in your face every, every single day on social media. So if you can't handle it, get off it. But the key is, the true test is, can I look at this? And no, it has no power over me. Oh man, I love that. And I, you know, if you don't listen to anything on this podcast, just go straight to what we just talked yeah. about right there. If you're a parent, this is for you. Oh. Share, share this with your kids. And and I'm really glad we went down that rabbit hole because I wanted that. I wanted that clip for my kids to hear. Yeah. You know, I've noticed uh, if my son or my daughter, whoever leaves their phone at home, or if it's accidentally broken or something happens, you know, they're they're the way they react to things is different when they're not on that than when they are on that. And it really does prove what you just said. And there's no comparison because the comparison right now is, oh, dad, I've got to be six foot two and I've got to do this. I'm going to run or I'm not going to play football. I'm not going to get to the next level. And it's just this anxiety takes yeah. over. Fear takes over and robs them of all the things that they're going to be great of. And I love what you just said that. I love it because I am going to cut that and I'm going to share that right down with them immediately. I think everyone should watch it. And I'm so glad we yes. covered it. And I don't think I've ever shared it so you know, clearly and extensively the way we talked about it just now. So I do appreciate you. Man, thank you so much for that. Me. Thank you so much for that. Well, I tell you what, I can't thank you enough for being on the show today. I'm going to end with this part because I started with it. You told me something in 2006. I'll never forget. You said, Q, it's real simple. I know the job's not going, the, I mean, real estate, we were just on the verge of real estate getting ready to crash. Things were happening. And you said this, and I've told my son and my daughter this. I said, you told me, you said, there's going to be things that happen in your day and they're going to suck. They're not going to be good. We just have to know that's coming. That E plus P equals O. Yep. But I need you to build an ESPN top 10 reel. And I need you to have that because there's good things that are happening. You're just not recognizing them. There's right. small victories oh, that are yeah. happening today, but because they're not huge victories, you're overlooking them. I need you to build that ESPN reel. So when you leave, play that in the car before you go home. So when you come home, it's the da-da-da, da-da-da. It's the top 10 <laughs> and not the top 10 worst plays of the day. And that's where I want to say thank you because I still do that to this day. I don't Changed even remember saying that. Isn't Changed that wild? Forever, I got to start saying that more now. <laughs> I love that. You did it. Can we can we finish on the, the title of this podcast? Absolutely. What Absolutely. Is, what is the title of the podcast? The title of the podcast is What's Your One More? John, what's your one more? I, I think everyone should answer that question at the end of this podcast. I love, I love that. What is your one what more? What is your is one more? Is that really define? Because when you told me the name of this podcast, it got me thinking, like, one more. What do I wish I had one more of? And you know, what's, you know what it is? What's that? I wish I had one more walk with my mom. Mm -hmm. We would walk together, and that was our thing. We would always take these walks together. And the last time I saw her live, we took a walk together. Wow. And we talked about life. We talked about just everything. I told her about my faith because I had, was just coming to faith during that time. My mom was Jewish. And I told her that I'm going to start following Jesus. <laughs> and she's like, in the past, she was like, what? Like, Jesus, he was a prophet. What are you talking about? She was, Jesus was Jewish. I go, I know he was Jewish, but he, but he was awesome. He was awesome. Of course he's Jewish and he's awesome. And then, um, so we were talking about that. And, and she said, well, who am I to say he wasn't who he said he was? Mm. It was on one of our last conversations. And she never said that before. And that's what she said. And on this walk, she goes back into the, to her place and she made me a sandwich for my drive home. It was a five hour drive home. My mom thought I would starve to death if I didn't have a sandwich <laughs> for this five hour drive home because she was a Jewish mom. Sure. I was going from South Florida back here to Jacksonville. Okay. And on this drive home, I ate the sandwich, but I didn't think much about it at the time. And now I think about that sandwich all the time because that was the last time I saw her fully alive. Wow. She had cancer, but wouldn't tell us how bad it was. And then it was bad, but 
think about it. She's battling cancer, and yet her biggest priority is to make me that sandwich. Wow. And I think about that all the time. So I wish I had one more walk with her. So how does that influence my life? What's your one more? To make a difference and impact people. So what my one more is, every day I want one more person I can impact. One more person that I can hopefully speak life into. One more that I can teach the one truth to. I've been on calls every single day talking to different people, not charging for it, but just talking to athletes, Mm -hmm. friends, sons, people who are struggling, a lacrosse player who plays at Princeton and talking to her because I know her dad who was struggling and fearful and teaching her this and they are turning it around literally in that conversation. Wow. Shifting immediately. So I know this is so powerful. So I just want one more opportunity to impact one more person because my mission when I started this, the minute I started speaking and writing years ago when we met, I said my goal is to inspire and impact as many people as possible one person at a time. That's why I think the name of this podcast is so great. One person at a time, one more. With my kids, I want one more conversation to impact them, one more time to be with them and to to touch them and impact Mm -hmm. them because impact the people who'll be crying at your funeral. That's who matters most. I think you should impact everyone, but but especially those. If you're not impacting the people who'll be crying at your funeral, then something is wrong. If you're spending time on everyone else, but not the people who'll be at your funeral and crying at your funeral, that says a lot of, of, of who you need to spend time with. Wow. So I need to make them my greatest priority. I love that. And then from there, like that's the core. Mm-hmm. And from that core of my family and investing in them, because I used to not. You know, years ago, I was so busy speaking to everyone else and not taking the time for my family. Now it's, okay, make time for my family. Put them first. One more conversation with them. One more time to really speak life into them, to love them, to, to, to encourage them, to help them become who they're meant to be. And then from there, go out and do that with the world. That's how I see it. One more impact, one more person, one more day, one more life. Let's go do it. I love it. Let's do it. John, thanks for being on the show. Where can our guests and audience find more about you? They can go to johngordon.com, J-O-N Gordon.com or Twitter, Instagram at J-O-N Gordon 11 at J-O-N Gordon 11 on both. And then Facebook, which, you know, really actually love to interact with people on Facebook Mm -hmm. as well. Sort of Facebook almost seems to get forgotten these days, right. but but a lot of people are on there. But you can just find me on Facebook, John Gordon. It's like John Gordon page, mm-hmm. J O N Gordon page. You can find me on there as well, guys. If you get a chance, it's a must. Go check him out. Check out his website. Buy the books. Follow him on socials. You do a great job posting. Thanks for being on the show today. It was a pleasure having you on here. Thanks, Q. Appreciate Absolutely. you. One more shot, I'm gonna make it. One more chance, I'm gonna take it. And when I said it, now it's time for me to do it I got one life to live, so I put all into it, yeah